you for sh sharing with us, Kirsten. I just want to give a shout out to the people watching on the live stream. I believe my sister Carmel is watching and my nana. Good to see your family. And for the rest of our One Heart family that are not here in the building, we can't wait to see you here shortly again and see you in person. God bless you all. In the nine, welcome to our 10.30 service, first of all. It's great to have you here. If this is your first time in church, in a church like this, you may have seen some foreign things. You may have seen people raising their hands, uh, getting passionate, doing crazy things. They're just ways that we reflect our love and gratitude to God. That's just a way that we express yeah, our, our admiration to Him, so that, and we call that worship. So that's just uh, a way that we can express our love to God, because He is a reason why we live our lives. And we're so glad that you're joining with us this morning. In the 9am, I was just prompted to share something that I had in my devotions this week. So every day I'll read the Bible, I seek Jesus, because I think he wants to speak to me. And I think he wants to speak to you as well. And so I was reading in the book of Haggai, chapter 6, and I can memorize this because it's 6-6, six, six, chapter 6, verse 6. And I think it's really, per like, it's, I think this is for somebody here to help bless you and help you. So Haggai, chapter 6, verse 6 says, and this is God speaking through Haggai to, like, the nation of Israel. I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. Very interesting there. I love that, that second part especially. God saying, I want you to know me more than offer burnt offerings. I want you to show love to people more than sacrifices. And so obviously... In that covenant, the Jewish law, people live their life going to the temple, offering sacrifices and offerings to God in order to make themselves right with God. And what Haggai is saying here for God is that God does not care what rituals we achieve. God does not care what religious things we do. He wants us to know him. And so One Heart Church this morning, can we not play church? Can we not just rock up and tick a religious box? But can we come in and go, no, Jesus, we're here to know you. We, we're not here to look religious. We're not here to act spiritual. We're here to know Jesus. And I, I want us to live a life where, yeah, we're no longer content just going, oh, going through the motions. We, 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 we play on the outside, but we come and go, you know what? We came in, we, we, we've met with Jesus, and we leave this place knowing his character, his love, his mercy, his, all, the, all the characteristics of God. And I just really believe that that can be our reality. Amen? So this morning, we're going to be talking about Faith in the fringe. Faith in the fringe. And in the Bible, there's many characters, there's many people in there. And we're going to be looking at one character in particular that I'm going to refer to as the woman with the faith mindset. The woman with the faith mindset. We could say it like this, the woman with the thinking of heaven. The woman that let faith guide her thoughts. The woman with a faith-filled self-talk. You, you may not be familiar at all with who I'm talking about. It's more commonly referred to as a woman with the issue of blood. Does anyone have a belt like, ding, light bulb now? The woman with the issue of blood. So if you go in the book of Matthew chapter 9, 8, or Mark or Luke, so it's in those three Gospels, we see this, this account of the woman with the issue of blood. But the interesting thing is when we start to unpack this um, thing, first of all, I want to say this. So, uh, it says that, uh, yeah, so she says she's a woman with the issue of blood, but I would like to say that she's a woman with the faith mindset. And so we, we see the story. There's a man named Jairus. 
And so Jairus is the leader of his local synagogue. And again, back to the context of the day that we see they're, they're Jews. And so they no longer just go to the temple in Jerusalem, but they have these little buildings all across the countryside called synagogues, not too dissimilar to what we do now as the church is us as a people. We come to this building together. So that was like their context. And so just like we might have a local pastor of our church where we gather in this building, Jairus is the leader of his local synagogue. And what happens is Jairus has a 12-year-old daughter. Awesome. Who's, anyone got daughters in this place? That's great. So he has a daughter. She's 12 and she's dead or near death. And so she, he, he, Jairus is in a dilemma. My daughter is perishing. She's either, she's either dead or she's soon to be dead. And so she goes, I know what I'll do. I will find my way to Jesus because he has what my daughter needs. My daughter needs a miracle. And if she's not dead now, she will be soon. Jesus can come and lay his hands on my daughter and she will be made well. Right? That's how the story goes. So Jairus finds Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, my daughter, I love her. I need you to come and do a miracle with my daughter. Come to my house and we'll see a miracle. And we're going to pick up the story from there in the book of Mark, chapter 5. Starting at verse 24. So Jesus has a crowd of people around him and it says, Jesus went with him, being Jairus, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with consistent bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. And immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed from her terrible condition. Why don't you, where you are, why don't you just close your eyes and connect yourself with Jesus. I'm going to pray in faith that God can do something powerful in our lives this morning. Holy Spirit, right now, we just thank you that you can stir faith in our lives, that you can awaken faith in our hearts, that we don't have to leave this place just being religious, being spiritual, but we can leave this place knowing you, Jesus. So God, I pray for all of our hearts, for all of our thinking, for all of our minds, God, that you would uh, speak to us supernaturally, that you'd give us bold, boldness, confidence, and the capacity to be Holy Spirit people and uh, let, leave Port Lincoln better, leave the Air Peninsula in a, in a place where it is blessed and favored because you've done something in our lives this morning. Amen. Wow, wow, wow. This is such, a, such an interesting part of scripture here. So we see this poor lady, her life goes from bad to worse. She goes to the naturopath, cannot help her in her condition. So then what's the next step? You go to the GP. She goes to the GP. The GP could not help in her condition. She might even go into the chemist. The chemist can't help her. No, no, problem, no help here. She, then she goes to the specialist. And even the specialist can't help her in her condition. And so then... She doesn't have Medicare. She doesn't live in Australia. And then she gets to a point where her physical condition then started to influence her uh, financial position because she then goes from going, I've got a physical need, but this physical need has now caused me to have a hole in my back pocket because I'm no longer able to pay for anything. It's got me broke. What a horrible condition to be in. And so this is a 12-year period. And I think that's, that's incredible. We, we might have a one-month issue. This poor woman has had this issue for 12 years and she's on the brink of nothing. She's at the absolute brink of her life. But it's interesting. So it says she, she suffers for 12 years, but then 
uh, the, I'm just intrigued by why do we refer to her as a woman with the issue of blood? Because technically, if we're going to be true to the, the context, we should say, well, she was a poor, broke woman with the issue of blood. And so why do we let her issue define her? Why do we let her suffering define her? Why do we let her dysfunction define her life? Because I, uh, I think, like it, it says, and it, we'll, we'll break it down like this, Josh, the man with chickenpox. No one has ever called me that. Josh, the man with tonsillitis. I am not referred to that. Josh had chickenpox. Josh had tonsillitis, but that's no longer my condition. It was so I just get a bit intrigued when I read when I hear the church and we refer to her as the woman with the issue of blood, because technically she was a woman that had the issue of blood. Because if she was a woman with the issue of blood, well, it would be she suffered 24 years, 48 years. But it wasn't. There was a breakthrough in her condition, and I believe it's because she was a woman with the faith mindset. Is anyone following me here this morning? I know your car was clapping for me there in Melbourne. The, so, yeah, so, the, and so, and I love the fact as well with this story is that it wasn't even about her. This, this was about Jairus and her daughter. And then this woman has faith and it changes the story. This woman's faith interrupts the plans. This woman's faith messes with the schedule. And I'm believing one heart church for your life that you can have a faith that changes plans, that you can have a faith that messes the schedule. We might be thinking, this isn't my plan. This was my dream home. This isn't my plan. This isn't my dream city to live in. But can I tell you, there might be faith in your circumstance that's God's plan, that God's best. And so let's not get too whole, too strongly to this is my, my envisionment. This is what my desire was. This is where my plan is because faith messes a plan. Faith changes a schedule. And so you might be a gyrus in this building and someone's faith is interrupting your comfort, but can I tell you that's a good thing because faith does miracles in people's lives. Is that someone happy about that this morning? Point number one, thank you for that clap, Daniel. I appreciate that. Number one, she, right? So point one is she. And so Mark 5, 27 to 28, we read it. It says, she heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. 28, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. She thought to herself, for she thought to herself, what do you think to yourself? I want you to ponder that. What do you think to yourself? What does your self-talk sound like? What is the process and pattern of your thinking? Negativity, she could have said, I've suffered for 12 years and I'll suffer for another 12. She could have disqualified herself. Oh, not me. God's got nothing for me. I, if I've suffered for 12 years, I'm, I'm no use. She could have had excuses. Yeah, but... Whatever excuse she could have named. She could have been in victimhood. Well, I'm just a victim. I, I, I don't deserve this. She could have been offended. Well, if God was going to do something, he would have already done it. There's so many things, our self-talk, can, that could be that, our pattern. Well, I just rotate that in my brain. I just rotate that in my thinking. But she let faith in. She got a revelation of Jesus. Sometimes on Heart Church, we got to get a revelation of who Jesus is and change our self-talk. We're not offended. We're not victims. We're not disqualified. Whatever the, that negative pattern is, we got to get a revelation of who Jesus is and let faith break the regular, regular scheduled thought pattern 
and go, no, 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 this is no longer going to be my day in, day out, month in, year in. No, we're going to believe for a breakthrough because we've known Jesus and going to let faith change our thinking pattern. So I want to say it like this. Faith finds truth and truth trumps facts. Faith finds truth and truth trumps facts. The facts say, I've suffered for 12 years. But the truth says Jesus is a healer. The facts say life is going from bad to worse. I'm, I'm in pain and I'm broke. But, Jesus said, but Je- the truth says Jesus has the power to break my condition. Faith finds truth and truth trumps facts. And I, I, I really believe that. Romans chapter 12 verse 2, you'd be familiar with this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I love the fact that God, Paul says there in, in Romans that we got to become a new person. That it, it's not just going, we're just going to keep thinking how we're thinking. We actually got to be renewed, sanctified, and have a new, a new perspective on life. We're not meant to fit into what, how our world thinks. We're meant to be aligned to the scripture and find truth that change how we live our lives. And we got to protect our thinking. We need to protect our imagination. It's so, it's so interesting with music. Some of us are going to have to uh, remove songs from our, from our playlist. Some of us are going to have to just get a whole new playlist. In the book of Daniel chapter 3, there's a King Nebuchadnezzar, and he creates this giant statue. And it's interesting, he says, at the sound of the music, bow down and worship my statue. Very interesting there. I find it very interesting as people, we let music dictate our thinking. We, we let music tell us what love is. We let music tell us this narrative, that narrative. But that narrative isn't the processes of heaven. That narrative isn't God's truth, God's best. And so the music plays, oh, this is a cool tune. And now we're bowing our knee to something that is not of God. And it's so interesting. And i got to protect myself. Go, just because this has got a good bass kick in it, just because this music sounds awesome, I'm not going to bow my knee and come into agreement with that because I'm going to protect my thinking. I'm going to protect my imagination and let God's truth guide me, not just what sounds good and have my thought pattern all wrecked. Does anyone agree? It's the same thing with what you stream on TV. What movies do you watch? Our world, our culture has a clear narrative, has a clear perspective on what love is, on what justice is. And sometimes it's not all bad, but it's not God's best. It's not God's plan. And we've got to understand and have the sermon go, no, no, I've got to protect my thinking. I've got to protect my imagination and have faith come into me that I'm not just living by facts, but I'm living by the truth because faith finds truth and truth trumps facts. And so it doesn't matter what suffering you have. It doesn't matter what issue you're facing in your life. I believe there's a promise from God in the Bible that can meet your fact, that can meet your need. You go, you know what, God, you did it for them, you can do it for me. You did it for her, you can do it for me. You did it for him, you can do it for me. And so we've got to get into our Bibles and go, God, speak to me through it. Transform my thinking. Renew my life. Another one, it's not just the Bible. You've got to stir up that heavenly language. Speaking in tongues. When we 
do that? When I pray in my heavenly language, I am renewing my thinking. I'm getting God's agenda in my life. You know what? I'm having faith come into this situation, not just what the world is wanting to tell me and for me to agree with. And so when we get in the Bible, when we stir that heavenly language, we let faith come alive in us. And that's what we want. We want faith to come alive and interrupt our predisposed patterns of thinking. And you, you go on social media, there's two pretty extreme things happening right now in our culture on what is justice and what is, uh, well, there's actually multiple, but we see the left and right in politics are getting further and further apart and there is no compromise. They, they, they can't compromise because it's so extreme. And so as Christians, we have this, the, this duplicity issue of we want to have love and we want to show truth. But we've got to get God's thinking in our lives where we, we can get the balance right, but also know what the truth is and know what love is so we can actually live in God's perspective, not just, well, that idea sounds good or that idea sounds good. We don't go out of our way to offend people. I don't wake up and go, hmm, how can I offend someone today? But at the same point, I've got to have convictions. It's not trying to... Con- condemn somebody it's not trying to offend them by going this is my conviction and this is God's best and if it hurts you it's not my plan but I'm going to speak the truth because it's God's agenda is far greater than any plan that I could have in life and so we don't make this fit songs oh well we'll get the parts and we'll try and make it mean this or we read something else oh we'll make that fit into our culture no as a believer we make this change us so we don't fit in. We're not meant to be culturally, our society will preach this, our society will preach that. Movies have all these agendas. Our job isn't to get this to fit that. Our job is to get us to match that and be what that is. And we've got to live that kind of life. And faith will change our thinking to help us do that. A practical example could be in your employment, right? Our world has this, and this is like the flesh desire. Minimum work, maximum pay. Do I have an amen in this place? I want that job. God, I pray for the job where I do minimal work, maximum pay. Now, we, we can have these desires, but that is not thinking of heaven. That is not a Christian perspective. And so, because the, 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 the mantra would be as well, okay, if you want me to do extra, pay me more. If you want me to do better, give me a promotion, right? That's what our world would say. It's logical, makes sense. But the Christian faith, when we, I don't have the time, this is all another message, but I don't have the time to go through all the scriptural references to show you, but the, you, you look at Genesis and you, you meet a man named Joseph and he acted like prime minister when he was in prison. And he says, you know what, I'm not going to wait till I'm prime minister to be faithful. I'm not going to wait till I'm leading Egypt to start being trustworthy. I'm going to act trustworthy in the prison. And so it's the same thing when it's during your employment. You don't go, well, I'm going to, I'm a, so it's like five o'clock, see you later. That's how we go. I'm out of here. But the, the, the Christian will go, actually, I'm going to put my best effort in now. And I might want the pay raise, but I'm going to work now like I will be when I have the pay raise. I'm going to work now like I would with the promotion because that's who we are. We, we have a change of thinking. It's not just, well, well, we'll get for what we receive. We give out and we act in faith like what we want to see. Does that make sense in this place? Yeah. And, so I don't, um, and so I don't know what cards life has dealt you. I don't know how long you have suffered, but it's time to disrupt your thinking and imaginations with faith. And I, I just want to be that, that, that faith disruptor for you this morning. That woman says, you know what, 12 years was long enough, 
and I'm letting faith in. And so I don't know, your thing could be 30 years. It could be one year. But it's time to disrupt your faith you disrupt your, your, your issue and let faith in. I love it. Jan encouraged me so much. She came out the front this morning for prayer going, you know what? I need faith disruption in this place because she understands it. So Jan, thank you for encouraging me so much. Point two, he. Now we're talking about Jesus. So the story continues. And we're going to jump to the book of Luke in that account. So verses 44 to 48, it says, coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. And everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, the whole crowd is pressing up against you. And Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd uh, heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So two, he was touched. I love it. It says, who touched me? Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out for me. Touch or touch? That's what we've got to think about. Touch or touch? The difference is faith. A lot of people were touching Jesus, but someone touched Jesus. And we can, we can get close to Jesus. We can be like, in, and I love it with Peter. He's like, Jesus, have you lost the plot here? You're in a crowd. Crowds touch you. But Jesus says, yes, I'm in a crowd and people are touching me, but someone touched me. And so the question is for ourselves, do we touch or do we touch? Do we touch or do we touch with faith? Do we have a hunger? Do we have an appetite? Do we have a deliberate, no, no, I'm not just going to get near Jesus. I am going to touch Jesus. Simple, practical things. We can come to church and sing songs or we can worship. What's the difference? There's faith. There's hunger. There's an appetite where we're not just going to sing some karaoke because anyone can do that. But no, no, Jesus, I am going to mean what I'm singing. I'm going to have a desire that, God, you are my healer. You are my miracle provider. You are all the things that Jesus is. Do we touch or do we touch? Do we add faith to it or do we just get close to him? We can, it's the same with the Bible. You can use it like a textbook and you can quote every scripture. You can know every theology. What's the point of that? You're touching Jesus, or you can touch Jesus, and as it says in Haggai 6, 6, you can know Jesus. And I don't just want to have this thing of, look at all on the outside, oh, I can quote the scripture and verse, and miss Jesus. All the other people, yeah, they were near Jesus, but they missed Jesus. And I believe we can know Jesus. And sometimes I think, as Christians, and we disguise it as humility, but we, we think faith is selfish, we, we, we confuse faith with selfishness. But can I tell you, faith is not selfishness. When you know what the truth is, when you know what this book says, it's no longer selfish to desire it, but you go, you know what, I, I, oh, I'm just in humility, so I'm going to suffer another 12 years. How ridiculous. But faith goes, no, sickness is not my portion. Sickness is not my lot in life. I have faith to pray and press in and touch and receive something from Jesus. And again, she interrupted the plan. She interrupted the schedule. And we might go, oh, no, I, I'm not going to do it. When we have the prayer out the front in worship, that is leaving an opportunity. You, go, you can mess the schedule. You can break the schedule because Jesus has something he wants to give you, but we've got to have the faith to receive it. Amen? 
So, one, one, yeah, so faith gives you uh, us access and faith starts in the mind, but it's translated into action. And I love the story in 1 Chronicles 4, 9 to 10 of Jabez. And it says, there was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all the trouble and pain. And God granted his request. I love this. Just like the woman with the, who had a blood issue but had a faith mindset, Jabez had a pass of pain. He's literally, when we're saying, yo, Jabez, we're saying, yo, the one that caused his mother pain. Terrible name to be called because you know what? That might be what's in my past, but that is not going to be my future. That is not going to be my, my condition and position in life. He believed in God. He says, God, I, this, this may be my issue, but you can cause me blessing. You can cause a breakthrough in my circumstance. And he had enough faith to pray and God answered his prayer. God granted his request. And so can I tell you on our church, it's time that we start to pray. It's time that we start to let faith disrupt our thinking, not go, well, I've caused my mum pain, and I'm going to cause my wife pain. I've caused my mum pain, my wife pain, and now my kids pain. And my employer, no, he broke it, says, no longer will my life cause pain. My life is going to be a blessing to this world. And I, he prayed the prayer, and God granted it. And it's time that we start getting faith. And this is a quote that I tell myself regularly. I'd rather ask and get a no than not ask and miss a yes. If my desire is selfish, well, God can tell me no. But if my desire is faith, God will grant that request. I'd rather ask and get a no or not now than not ask and miss a yes. It's time that we start getting an appetite for prayer, an appetite for faith, and not be content with where we've always been. It's time to pray. Number three, last point, we. Luke 8, 44 Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe and immediately the bleeding stopped. We are the fringe. We are the fringe. She touched the fringe of his robe. There's faith in the fringe. There's different names you could call the fringe. The hem, the, the outskirts, the, the, the very end of his garment. We are the fringe. To, to unpack that a little bit more, we are the contact point. We are the dispensers of God's power to our world. You are the dispenser of God's power in your workplace. You are the dispenser of God's power in your high school. You are the dispenser of God's power on this planet. And so uh, I, I'm going to read Psalms 133, and this will give us an illustration of how we can understand the, the how we are the, uh, the, the fringe of God. So David says, how, pleasant, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. A lot of translations we may be familiar with when like, people dwell in unity. And then verse 2, for harmony or unity is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Now, to, to get the context of this, back in the Old Covenant, Moses gets his brother Aaron and Aaron becomes the first priest of the new Jewish faith. And so they would have these rituals of pouring oil, of anointing, that says you are now commissioned to the task of priesthood. 
And so David is, is reminiscing of this past thing of the, the anointing oil pouring on Aaron's head. And it says the oil goes from the head to the beard and onto, the, onto its clothes. It, 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 there's a flow. It's not the oil just touches the hair. But no, there's a flow. It goes to every part of the body. And, it, it, and it's interesting because it's a picture or a foreshadowing of the life that we now as believers live. That anointing oil on the priest, because the Bible says that we are now the priest of God. The, the believer is now the priest of God. So we no longer have a, a high priest, but we are now the priest where we serve and do things for God on this planet. And the oil, fl- the oil is, is a representation of this anointing oil that goes to every part. And now we understand the book of Acts chapter 2, one of my favorite parts of the Bible. I'm a Pentecostal Christian. I believe what it says. It says that, that on the day of Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit came, the church was birthed. That's when it went from Jews to Christians. The Holy Spirit came upon them. It says they, they got new, a new language. They got this heavenly language. Fire came on their head. I still believe one heart church that I'm going to see fire on heads. If I can see speaking in tongues, I can see fire on heads. I have the faith to believe for that. But we see these miracles taking place. Then, the, then it's interesting because then the world says, these people are drunk. And then Peter steps up and preaches this sermon. And he goes, oh, I love it. So I think it's about verse, six, verse 16 in Acts chapter 2. It's verse 17. Well, yeah, 16, 17, same thing. Uh, Peter says, this, what's happening, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit is what was prophesied by Joel. And it says that in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I'll pour out my Spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I love this. The anointing oil was poured on Aaron and it touched every part of his body. When the Holy Spirit now is poured out, it touches every part of the body. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. It doesn't matter if you've been a follower of Jesus for 50 years or one day or one second. The anointing oil touches every single part. But I love the fact that we see the correlation there between the anointing oil touching every part. Every part was anointed. Every part was holy. When we get filled with the Holy Spirit, the body of Christ, every part is holy. Every part, there's no, well, that person has all the experience, that person has all the knowledge, God couldn't use me. No, the woman touched the very hem, the very least likely part of his being, the very hem, the very edge, the very fringe of his garment, of his robe, was where the power was dispensed, was where the power was accessed. And I don't know what excuse you make. I don't know what disqualification you say. Well, I don't know enough. Well, God couldn't use me. Well, God couldn't do something in my circumstance. We've got to come out of agreement of that lie, step into faith and go, if the woman touched the very hem of the garment, that same, just like the anointing oil was on Aaron, that new anointing is on me of the Holy Spirit. And I can be the very fringe. Even if I have every reason to not to believe, even if I have every thing of why I could be disqualified, you are the candidate God needs. You are the candidate that Jesus will use to bring a miracle in the, this life we live. And so I don't, I don't know the, your dysfunction. I don't know your issue why you'd say, God can't use me. I'm here to tell you, male or female, young or old, this job or that job, 
with a job or without a job. It does not matter. In school or out of school, it is the same Holy Spirit, whether you're five years old or 25 or what doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit can be poured out on all of us that we, even if we feel like we're the very fringe, that is the very place God can use. And if you want to have some homework, I'll give you some homework. Read Acts chapter 1 verse 8. When Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be a witness in this world. It will give you, the Holy Spirit will give you boldness and capacity to go, you know what? This no longer is a private faith. It is now an external faith. And I believe that God can empower you with boldness, with courage to go, you know what? I am going to be the fringe. I might feel insecure, but I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and no longer will I let my insecurity guide my life. I'm going to let faith guide my life. You want to do more homework? Go to the book of Mark chapter 16. And it says, these signs will accompany those who believe. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. They will see the miraculous power of God at work within them. It doesn't say, and the pastor and your life group leader or your department leader or your friend that brought you to church. No, it says, you will receive, you will have these things following your life because we are the fringe. We are are the fringe. And can I encourage you, read Mark 16, read those promises from Jesus, read Matthew 28, 16 and say, you know what, Jesus, your last commands are going to be my first priority. I'm going to go and make disciples, not suggestion, it's a, it's a commandment, that is my portion in life. I'm going to make disciples, I'm going to save souls because that is my job. If I'm the very fringe, I am what God can use. No longer I want to come into the agreement of, yeah, I'm just a fringe, no one's going to touch me, no. That is the very place God can use. And when you feel like you're the most least likely person, that is the very place that God is ready for. So can I encourage you? Let that anointing of the Holy Spirit come upon you and flow all the way down you because you could be the very miracle that your friend needs, that that work acquaintance needs, the person that offends you. You could be the miracle they need. Can we just stand to our feet and we're going to pray in faith over us across this place this morning. I don't, maybe all three of those points spoke to you, maybe just one. But I want to leave this place in a capacity where we go, Jesus, you can do something better in my life. And so we saw three points, but faith in the fringe. She thought to herself, and what are we thinking to ourselves? Maybe we need to uh, uh, reevaluate the music that we listen to, reevaluate the TV shows, the, 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 the content that we consume and say, God, we've got to get a hold of the Bible. We've got to stir up our heavenly prayer language and let faith renew our thinking and let faith dictate and break the pattern that we've been in. Maybe for some of us here, uh, as it says, Jesus felt the touch. Do we touch or do we touch? Do we come to church and go through the motions or do we leave with an encounter with Jesus? Do we just come and look spiritual? Or do we leave going, I got a, a revelation of Jesus' kindness for my life. I got a revelation of the purpose that Jesus has for my life. And the, for some of us here, we might go, you know what? We've got a revelation that we are the fringe. 
We might feel like we're not adequate. We might feel like we don't have all the answers. We might feel like we don't have what is needed to be done in this planet. But you are the very reason. You aren't a mistake. You are where you need to be for where Jesus needs you to be. So we're going to pray in faith right now. So if that's you for one of those points, why don't you just raise your hand to heaven and go, God, that's me. I need a miracle. I need. I want that to be my portion. And God will meet you where you are. God, right now you see these hands. You see these hands of faith. They go, God, we need a breakthrough. We need a miracle. We're not content just living life as we've always lived it. But God, we want to change the way we think. We want a pattern of heaven. We want the perspective of heaven. We want to be like that woman that says 12 years was enough. And today is something better. Like Jabez prayed, Oh God, that you would bless me and expand my territory. God, we're going to step out in faith and believe that we can see a renewal and a breakthrough. And God, just as we saw, Jesus felt the touch. God, we don't just want to come and get close to you. We want to know you. And God, I pray that when we open up the Bible, God, we won't just be doing it religiously, but we will be doing it because we want a relationship with our maker, with our creator. And God, I pray supernaturally that Holy Spirit, you would speak to us afresh, that we would learn to hear your voice, that we would learn to understand your promptings, that we wouldn't just go through life going, oh, well, it seemed like a good idea, but we'd go, no, no, this was God's agenda for my life. And Holy Spirit, I just thank you that we can see a, a, a church where we don't just touch, but we touch you in faith. And finally, God, I pray that we'd get a revelation of the we. God, that we are the fringe. And God, that whatever lie that we've come into agreement with, God, we right now break that thing that says we're disqualified. We couldn't do it. We, we, we don't have what's required. But God, I thank you that you're anointed. As it says that the Spirit has been poured out. And God, we're hungry for your Spirit. We're hungry for you, Holy Spirit, to invade our lives, to give us boldness, to give us courage, to help us be disciple makers, to be miracle workers in our life, that we would be the dispensers and the contact point for your miraculous power in our world. Amen. Amen. Amen.